0: Twenty-six. Removal of the watery accumulation by tapping becomes necessary in order to afford relief and give time for remedies to act. We have found it necessary to perform this operation very frequently in cases of hydrocele, and also quite often in cases of abdominal dropsy. The chest has also been tapped and considerable quantities of fluids drawn off, and this has been followed by prompt improvement and a final cure. Cases treated. Case I, a Canadian gentleman aged 68, applied at the Invalid's Hotel and Surgical Institute, for examination and treatment, he had been dropsical for over two years, and had become so badly affected as to be unable to lie down at night, his legs were so filled with water and enlarged as to render it almost impossible for him to walk, and there was a General Anasarka, the least exertion was attended with the greatest difficulty of breathing. He had been under the treatment of several eminent general practitioners of medicine in Canada but found no relief. They were unable to discover the real cause of his ailment, but to the specialist who has charge of this class of diseases at our institution, and who annually examines and treats hundreds of such cases, it was at once apparent that the dropsy was caused from a weakened condition of the heart, which rendered it unable to perform its functions. He was put upon a tonic and alterative course of treatment which also embraced the use of such medicines as have been found to exert a specific, tonic action upon the muscular tissues of the heart, he improved so rapidly that in less than two months he was able to lie down and sleep soundly all night, the bloating disappeared, his strength improved, and in three months more he was discharged perfectly cured, case I, a man aged 42, consulted us by letter stating that he was troubled with general bloating which had made its appearance gradually and was attended by general debility and other symptoms which have been enumerated as common to general dropsy. He had been under the treatment of several home physicians without receiving any benefit, he had steadily grown worse until he felt satisfied that if he did not soon get relief he could not live very long. He was requested to send a sample of his urine for examination, as we had suspicions, from the symptoms which he gave that the cause of his dropsy was albuminuria, or Bright's disease of the kidneys, on examination of the urine, albumin in very perceptible quantities was found to be present, we had, about this time, come into possession of a remedy said by very good authority, to be a specific in degeneration of the kidneys when not too far advanced, and we determined to test it upon this well-marked case, we accordingly prescribed it, together with other proper tonics and alteratives, at the same time giving the patient important hygienic advice, which must be complied with its successes attained in the management of this very fatal malady, our patient gradually improved, and in a few months' time was restored to perfect health, which he has continued to enjoy ever since. From our subsequent experience, embracing the treatment of quite a large number of cases of Bright's disease of the kidneys, we are satisfied that it island in its early stage, quite amenable to treatment. Case IRI. A man aged 35, single, consulted us for what he supposed to be enlargement of the testicles. The scrotum was as large as his head, and it was with difficulty that he could conceal the deformity from general observation. The disease was immediately recognized by the attending surgeon as hydrocele. The liquid was promptly drawn off by tapping, and a stimulating injection was made into the scrotum to prevent ray accumulation. We mention this case only because it is one among a very large number who have consulted us supposing that they were suffering from enlargement of the testicles, cancer, or some other morbid growth within the scrotum, when a slight examination has shown the affection to be hydrocele, a disease which is speedily cured by tapping, with a little after treatment, the operation is perfectly safe and almost entirely painless, case ID a lady, aged 24 consulted us by letter enumerating a long list of symptoms which clearly indicated abdominal dropsy, resulting from suppression of the menses. A well-regulated, hygienic treatment was advised, and medicines to restore the menstrual function by gradually toming up and regulating the whole system, were forwarded to her by express. After four months treatment, perfect recovery resulted. Cases like this latter are very common and generally yield quite readily to proper management. No harsh or forcing treatment for restoring the menstrual function should be employed, as it will not only fail to accomplish the object sought, but it is also sure to seriously and irreparably injure the system. The most difficult cases which we have had to deal with, have been those which have been subjected by other physicians to the administration of strong amenagogues in the vain effort to bring on the menses. Rheumatism. Prominent among constitutional diseases is the one known as rheumatism. It is characterized by certain local symptoms or manifestations in fibrous tissues. This term has been applied to neuralgic affections and to gout. But it differs from each in several essential particulars. Rheumatism may be divided into one acute, two chronic, three muscular, acute ARDICULAR Rheumatism. Acute Articular Rheumatism implies an affection of the articulations or joints. It usually commences suddenly. Sometimes pain or soreness in the joints precedes the disclosure of the disease. The symptoms are pain in the joints, tenderness, increased heat, swelling and redness of the skin. The pain varies in its intensity in different oases, and is increased by the movement of the affected parts. Swelling of the joints occurs, especially those of the knee, ankle, wrist, elbow, and the smaller joints of the hands and feet. The swelling and redness are generally in proportion to the acuteness of the attack. Acute articular rheumatism is always accompanied with more or less fever. Sweating is generally a prominent symptom, being strongly acid and more profuse during the night. The appetite is impaired, the tongue is coated, the bowels are constipated, or there is diarrhea. The duration of this disease, and like fevers, its course is marked by fluctuations. Frequently, after a few days, the pain subsides, the fever disappears, and convalescence is apparently established. When, suddenly, All the symptoms are renewed with even greater intensity than before. This disease rarely proves fatal, unless the heart is involved. Causes Rheumatism is frequently supposed to be occasioned by a suppression of the functions of the skin, and is generally attributed to the action of cold upon the surface of the body, but this acts only as an exciting cause. It is a disease of the blood. This form of rheumatism usually occurs between the age of 15 and 30, and prevails most extensively in changeable climates. Acute articular rheumatism seldom terminates in the chronic form. Chronic ARDICULAR Rheumatism. Articular rheumatism, in the subacute or chronic form, is frequently observed in medical practice. The symptoms are pain and more or less swelling of the joints. Although not of as grave a character as in acute rheumatism, there is frequently an absence of increased heat and redness. As in the acute form, the different joints are liable to be affected successively and irregularly, until. After a time, the disease becomes fixed in a single joint, and the fibrous tissues entering into the ligaments and tendons are liable to be affected. The appetite, digestion, and nutrition are often good, and, in mild cases, patients are able to pursue their daily vocations. The disease is supposed to be the same as in the acute form, but milder, and, strange to say, more persistent. A diseased condition of the blood is supposed to be involved in both instances but this morbid state is less extended, and, at the same time, more obstinate in the chronic than in the acute form. Subacute articular rheumatism is not always chronic, and may disappear in a shorter time than in the acute form. Chronic articular rheumatism is not generally fatal, but there is danger of permanent deformities. Muscular rheumatism. This affection is closely allied to neuralgia, and may properly be called myalgia. It exists under two forms, acute and chronic. In acute muscular rheumatism, there is at first a dull pain in the muscles, which gradually increases. When the affected muscles are not used the pain is slight, and certain positions may be assumed without inducing it constantly, but in movements which involve contraction of the muscles the pain is very violent. In some cases, the disease is movable, changing from one muscle to another, but usually it remains fixed in the muscle first attacked. The appetite and digestion are not often impaired, and there is no fever. The duration of this form of rheumatism varies from a few hours to a week or more. In subacute or chronic muscular rheumatism, pain is excited only when the affected muscles are contracted with unusual force, and then it is similar to that experienced in the acute form. The chronic form is more apt to change its position in the acute. The duration of this form is indefinite. In both the acute and chronic forms some particular parts of the body are more subject to the affection than others. The muscles on the posterior part of the neck are subject to a rheumatic affection. It is termed torticollis or cervical rheumatism in such cases, and should be distinguished from ordinary neuralgia. When the muscles of the loins are affected, it is commonly known as lumbago. In case the thoracic muscles are affected, it is known as pleurodynia. In coughing, sneezing, and the like, the pain produced is not unlike that in pleuritis and intercostal neuralgia. One of the most marked features of muscular rheumatism is the cramp-like pain, induced by the movements of the affected muscles, whereas the pain is slight when those muscles are uncontracted. This feature is very serviceable in distinguishing muscular rheumatism, or myalgia, from neuralgic affections. Another trait which distinguishes muscular rheumatism from neuralgia, is that the former is characterized by great soreness, while the latter is not. There is also a distinction between inflammation of the muscles and muscular rheumatism. In the case of the former, there is continued pain, swelling of the parts, occasional redness, and the presence of more or less fever, which conditions do not exist in the latter, persons subject to a rheumatism of the muscles, are apt to suffer from an attack, after exposure of the body to a draft of air during sleep, or when in a state of perspiration, treatment of acute rheumatism, administer the spirit vapor bath to produce free perspiration, which should be maintained by full doses of the compound extract of smart The anodyne properties of the latter also prove very valuable in allaying the pain. Tincture or fluid extract of aconite root may also be employed, to assist in equalizing the circulation, and also to secure its anodyne action. Black cohosh seems to exert a specific and salutary influence in this disease, and the tincture or fluid extract of the root of this plant may be advantageously combined with the aconite. Take fluid extract of aconite root, 30 drops, fluid extract of black cohosh. 1 dram, water, 15 teaspoonfuls, mix, the dose is 1 teaspoonful every hour, the whole person should be frequently bathed with warm water, rendered alkaline by the addition of celeridus or soda, the painful joints may be packed with wool or with cloths run from the hot celeridus water, and the patient kept warm and quiet in bed, the acetate of potash taken in doses of 5 grains, while diluted with water, every 3 or 4 hours, is very valuable in acute rheumatism. Its alkaline qualities tend to neutralize the acid condition of the fluids of the system, and it also possesses diuretic properties which act upon the kidneys, removing the offending blood poison from the system through these organs. If the joints are very painful, cloths wet with the compound extract of smartweed and applied to them, and covered with hot fomentations, very frequently relieve the suffering. The majority of cases yield quite promptly to the course of treatment already advised, if it is persevered in. The disease, however, sometimes proves obstinate and resists for many days the best treatment yet known to the medical profession. Treatment of chronic rheumatism, the general alkaline baths recommended in the acute affection are also valuable in the chronic, the spirit vapor bath, the turpish, as well as the sulfur vapor bath, are all worthy of a trial in this obstinate and painful disease. Alternatives are a very valuable class of agents in chronic rheumatism. The following mixture in teaspoonful doses three times a day, in alternation with the golden medical discovery, has proved very successful in this disease, acetate of potash, one ounce, fluid extract of black cohosh, one ounce, fluid extract of poison hemlock, two drams, simple syrup, six ounces, this thorough alterative course, if well persevered in together with the use of alkaline and vapor baths, will generally prove very successful, the specialist, however, dealing with chronic diseases exclusively, will occasionally meet with a case which has been the rounds of the home physicians without benefit, that will tax his skill and require the exercise of all his perceptive faculties to determine the exact condition of the patient's system, upon which the obstinacy of the disease depends. When this is ascertained, the remedies will naturally suggest themselves, and the malady will generally yield to them. Although the treatment of this disease has entered largely into our practice at the Invalids Hotel, and has been attended by the most happy results, yet the cases have presented so great a diversity of abnormal features, and have required so many variations in the course of treatment, to be met successfully, that we frankly acknowledge our inability to so instruct the unprofessional reader as to enable him to detect the various systemic faults common to this ever-varying disease, and adjust remedies to them. So as to make the treatment uniformly successful, if the several plans of treatment which we have given do not conquer the disease, we cannot better advise the invalid than to recommend him to employ a physician of well-known skill in the treatment of chronic diseases, if such a one is not accessible for personal consultation, a careful statement of all the prominent symptoms, in writing, may be forwarded to a specialist of large experience in this disease, who will readily detect the real fault in which the ailment has its foundation, particularly easy will it be for him to do so, if he be an expert in the analysis of urine, a vial of that which is first past eight in the morning, should be sent with the history of the case, as chronic rheumatism affects characteristic changes in this excretion, which clearly and unmistakably indicate the abnormal condition of the fluids of the body upon which the disease depends, diseases of the skin, eczematous affections, Eczematous affections constitute a very important class of skin diseases, the prominent characteristics of which are eruption and itching. They are progressive in character, passing through all the successive stages of development, from mere redness of the skin to desquamation or thickening of the cuticle. The affections belonging to this group are eczema, psoriasis, pteriasis, lichen, impetigo, gut rosacea, and scabies, or itch. A careful examination of each of these diseases shows it to be a modified form of eczema, and, therefore, they demand similar treatment. Eczema, humid tetter, salt room, running skull, or heat eruption. The term eczema is used to designate the commonest kind of skin diseases. In this disease, the minute blood vessels are congested causing the skin to be more vascular and redder than in its natural state, there is an itching or smarting in the affected parts. The skin is raised in the form of little pimples or vesicles, and a watery lymph exudes. Sometimes the skin becomes detached and is replaced by a crust of hardened lymph, or it may be partially reproduced, forming squamy, or scales. There are three stages of this disease, the inflammatory, accompanied by swelling, and the formation of pimples or vesicles, that of exudation, which is succeeded by incrustation, and that of desquamation in which the skin separates in little scales and sometimes becomes thickened. Rarely, if ever, does the disease pass through these successive stages, but it is modified by its location and the temperament of the patient. The many varieties of eczema are designated according to their predominating characteristics. Thus, when pimples or vesicles are abundant, it is termed, respectively, eczema papulosum and eczema vesiculosum. a fine illustration of which may be seen in colored play I figure one. Again, when characterized by the eruption of pustules, it is termed eczema pustulosum, a representation of which may be seen in play I, figure 2, and, when the prominent feature is the formation of scales, it is termed eczema squamosum. Eczema may be general or partial, in other words, the eruption may appear in patches or be distributed over the entire surface of the body. The latter form often appears in infants, but rarely occurs in adults. Two or more varieties of the eruption may be associated, or one form may gradually develop into another. Infants and young children are peculiarly subject to this disorder, and, if the disease be not promptly arrested, it will assume the severest form and eventually become chronic. The muscles are soft, the eyes are dull and expressionless, and the little sufferer experiences the most excruciating torments. Frequently the whole body is covered with patches of eczema, the secretions are arrested, and Where the scales fall off, the skin is left dry and feverish. Eczema has no symptoms proper, since the morbid feelings are due to constitutional debility, of which eczema is the result. The signs of eczema are redness, heat, an itching or smarting sensation, the formation of pimples or vesicles, exudation, incrustation, the separation of the cuticle into scales and a gradual thickening of the skin, causes Three forms of constitutional derangement predispose the system to eczema, nutritive, assimilative, and nervous stability. In the former, there is a diminution of nutritive power, so that the patient becomes weak and emaciated. Assimilative debility is indicated by unimpaired digestion and a consequent suppression, or an abnormal state of the secretions. Eczema occasioned by nervous stability, is accompanied by all the morbid conditions incident to irritation and exhaustion of the nervous system. Eczema may be excited by a violation of the rules of hygiene, as undue exposure, or sudden transition from heat to cold, deficient or excessive exercise, impure air, or improper clothing. Psoriasis. Psoriasis may be defined as a chronic form of eczema. The transition of the last stage of eczema into psoriasis is indicated by a tendency of the inflamed, thickened, scaly skin to become moist when rubbed. It usually appears in patches on various portions of the body the skin is parched and highly discolored, the hairs are harsh and scanty, the patient is constantly tormented by an unbearable itching sensation and, if the skin is rubbed, it exudes a viscous or sticky fluid, these are the characteristic signs of psoriasis, it generally appears on the flexures, folds and crooks of the joints, the backs and palms of the hands, the arms, and the lower portions of the legs, PIDYRIASIs, branny tatter, or dandruff, This affection is a mild form of psoriasis, from which it may be distinguished by a more superficial congestion or inflammation of the affected parts, the absence of swelling, and the formation of smaller scales. Having the form and appearance of fine bran, it generally appears on the scalp, sometimes extends over the face, and, in rare instances, affects the entire surface of the body. The signs peculiar to this disease are slight inflammation, itching, and the formation of minute scales. Causes. Pateriazies is caused by nutritive debility, and is often associated with erysipelas, rheumatism, and bronchitis. Lichen. Papular rash. Lichen is a term used to designate an eruption of minute conical pimples, which are more or less transparent, red, and occasion great annoyance. The eruption is attended with a severe, hot, prickling sensation, as if the flesh were punctured with hot needles. The pimples contain no pus, but if opened. They exude a small quantity of blood and serum. This disease more frequently occurs between the ages of 12 and 50, but occasionally appears during dentition. When it is called to thrash, the lichen pimples are sometimes dispersed singly over the skin and gradually subside, forming a minute scale, corresponding in position with the summit of the pimple. When the pimples appear in clusters, there is a diffused redness in the affected part, and if they are irritated, minute scabs will be formed. Lichen generally appears on the upper portion of the body, as on the face, arms, hands, back, and chest. The various forms of lichen are designated according to their causes, signs, location, manner of distribution, and the form of the pimples. Lichen simplex is the simplest form of this disorder, and is indicated by the appearance of minute pimples, which, when the distribution is general, are arranged like the blotches of measles. Sometimes the eruption is local and bounded by the limits of an article of clothing, as at the waist. In eight or ten days, the cuticle separates into minute scales, which are detached and thrown off, but a new crop of pimples soon appears and runs the same course, only to be succeeded by another, and thus the affection continues for months and even years. Lichen circumscriptus is an aggravated form of lichen simplex, and is characterized by a circular arrangement of the pimples. The circumference which marks the limit of the patch is sharply defined. This form of lichen usually appears on the chest, hips, or limbs, and is not infrequently mistaken for ringworm. Lichen strophulosius is a variety peculiar to infants. Dermatologists recognize several subdivisions of the species, but the general characteristics are the same in all. The pimples are much larger than in the other forms of lichen, of a vivid red color and the duration of the eruption is limited to two or three weeks. Lichen urticatus is also an infantile affection and begins with inflammation, which is soon succeeded by the eruption. In a few days the pimples shrink, the redness disappears, and the skin has a peculiar bleached appearance. The eruption is attended by an intense itching sensation and, if the skin is ruptured, a small quantity of blood is discharged and a black scab formed. This variety of lichen is very obstinate and of long duration. Lichen tropicus, popularly known as prickly heat is an affection which attacks Europeans in hot climates. It is characterized by the appearance of numerous red pimples of an irregular form, distributed over those portions of the body usually covered by the clothing. It is attended with a fierce, burning, itching sensation, which is aggravated by warm drinks, friction of the clothing, and the heat of the bed. The eruption indicates a healthy condition of the system, its suppression or retrocess iron is an unfavorable symptom denoting some internal affection such as deranged nutrition. In lichen planus, as the term indicates, the pimples are flattened. There is no sensation of itching or formation of scabs. The pimples are solitary and have an angular base, and the fresh pimples formed appear on the spaces between the former eruptions. This affection usually attacks some particular region, such as the abdomen, hips, or chest. Instances are recorded in which it has appeared on the tongue and the lining membrane of the mouth. Sometimes it appears in patches, but even then, the margin of each pimple can be discerned. Lichen pilares and lividus are modifications of lichen simplex, the former being so named to describe the location of the pimples, i.e. surrounding the minute hairs which cover the body, especially the lower limbs. The term lichen lividus indicates the dark purplish hue caused by a torpid circulation and the consequent change of arterial into venous blood before leaving the pimples. Lichen circinatus is a modified form of lichen circumspectus. The pimples in the center of the circular patch subside and a ring is formed which gradually increases in size. When the rings become broken or extend in regular forms, the affection is termed lichen gyratus. Causes. Constitutional debility predisposes the system to this eruption. The exciting causes are irritation of the skin, strumus diathesis, dentition, and any violation of hygienic rules. Although lichen is not a fatal disease, yet it tends to reduce the vitality of the system. Impetigo. Crust, catter or skull. Impetigo is a term applied to an inflammation of the skin, more severe and energetic in its character than the preceding affection. We have found the predominating characteristics of eczema and lichen to be the presence of exudotion in the former, and the absence of it in the latter. Impetigo is marked by the formation of yellow pus, which raises the cuticle into pustules. There is a slight swelling, redness, and the pus gradually dries up, forming an amber-colored crust, a representation of which is given in colored play I, figure 5. It soon falls, leaving the skin slightly inflamed, but with no scar. The pustules are sometimes surrounded by a cluster of smaller ones. The varieties of impetigo are designated according to the distribution of the pustules. Impetigo figuratus. Is characterized by the appearance of large clusters upon an inflamed and swollen surface, generally upon the face, but sometimes upon the scalp. This form is represented in colored plate I, figure four. In impetigo sparse the pustules are scattered over the whole body. Causes: the predisposing cause of impetigo is nutritive debility, and the exciting causes are irritation, impure air, error, and errors of diet. Guttadere is a progressive disease. And its successive stages of development mark the several varieties, such as gutterosacea, erythematosa, papulosa, tuberculosa, pustulosa, according as they are characterized by redness, pimples, tubercles, or pustules. This affection is attended with heat, itching, and throbbing. The pustules contain serous lymph, which exudes if the cuticle be broken, and forms a crust at the summit of the pustule. This eruption often appears on the face of persons addicted to intemperate habits, and has thus received the name of, rum blossom, cause, it is essentially a chronic affection, and depends upon constitutional causes, scabies, itch, this disease is characterized by a profuse scaliness of the skin, by an eruption of pimples, vesicles, and, in rare instances, of pustules, its prominent feature is an intense itching, so aggravating that, in many instances, the skin is torn by the nails, and like other diseases of the skin, it is not due to inflammation, but is caused by anemocaly, or little parasites, termed by naturalists the acarus scabiae. This minute animal burrows in the skin, irritating it, and thus producing the scaliness and itching, the vesicles are comparatively few in number, and contain a transparent fluid, the pustules are only present in the severest forms or when the skin is very thin and tender, it is then termed pustular itch. The parts usually affected are the hands, flexures of the joints, and the genital organs. Cases are recorded, in which scabies appeared upon the face and head, but they are of rare occurrence. The activity of the onymocally, is modified by the vitality of the victim. In persons of a vigorous constitution, they will rapidly multiply, and, in a few days after their first appearance, will be found in almost every part of the body. Scabies is not confined to any age or sex but chiefly affects persons of filthy habits. This disease can only be communicated by contact, or by articles of clothing worn by an infected person. There are certain indications which predispose the system to infection, such as robust health, a hot climate, and in cleanliness. Treatment, in all the varieties of eczematous affections, except scabies, the treatment of which will hereafter be separately considered remedies employed with a view to the removal of the constitutional fault are of the greatest importance. The eruption upon the skin is but a local manifestation of a functional fault, which must be overcome by alterative remedies. All the excretory organs should be kept active, to open the bowels. Administer a full cathartic dose of dry pierces pleasant pellets. Afterwards they should be used in broken doses of one or two daily, in order to obtain their peculiar alterative effects. The use of Drive Pierce's golden medical discovery is also necessary to secure its constitutional remedial benefits. As a local corrective to relieve the itching and disagreeable dryness of the skin. Add half an ounce of blood root to half a pint of vinegar. Steep moderately for two hours. Strain and paint the affected parts once or twice daily with the liquid. Every night before retiring. Apply glycerin freely to all the affected parts. dissolve one dram of oxalic acid in four ounces of glycerin and anoint the skin freely the white precipitate ointment obtainable at any drugstore is an excellent application as most forms of eczema a tea or infusion of black walnut leaves applied as a lotion to the affected parts has also proved beneficial the surface of the body should be kept clean by frequent bathing and thus stimulating its capillary vessels to healthy activity The eczematous surfaces should not be bathed frequently and never with harsh or irritating soaps. All varieties of eczematous affections, except scabies, are only temporarily relieved by external applications, while the radical cure depends upon a protracted use of alterative or blood cleansing medicines. Therefore, we would again remind the reader of the necessity of keeping the bowels regular and removing all morbid taints of the blood and faults of the secretory organs by